So this morning, um, we would continue the series um, Wisdom to Choose and Wisdom to Sow. How many of us have been really blessed by this series? Honestly, I feel that I've been preaching to myself. You know, I've been thoroughly, thoroughly blessed. So we started by saying that um, God's intervention on the earth, outside of his sovereign move, which is his own prerogative, is mostly predicated upon the season and the system of seed time and what? And harvest. And God does that as a means of partnership. How many of us know that God doesn't just intrude anyhow? Amen. Except on matters of, in quotes, you know, in, in, political, in political statement, you will say matters of national security. It means that things have gotten to a point when there has to be a sovereign intervention, you know. But most of the time, God doesn't do that. Hallelujah. Even though, I don't know what program does, but we sort of have been programmed to a very great extent that that's all that God does, <laughs> you know. God is this guy just sitting there waiting in heaven, waiting for your prayers to come, and then he can see what next to upset. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you heard people say, God, Go to any length, uproot, you know, do this, kill, just to bless me. <laughs> God doesn't think like that. Am I making sense? I know sometimes it's the desperation of, our, you know, when you are in a very desperate mode, you know, you do that. But God is very calculated, very deliberate, and he works according to a plan. There's no way you can pressure God to go out of his will and do something. Am I making sense? There's no way you can pressure God. God's will for us is that we partner and cooperate with him, you know, so that his purposes on the earth and in our lives can be established. And one foundational system that he established for the purposes of God to come to pass is through what? Through the system of sowing and what? And reaping the seed time and harvest. And I mentioned that most of the interventions of God that we see, even in our own lives, that we think is sudden, is not sudden like that. It is just a system that God has introduced and then harvest as what has come. And we see that throughout the scriptures from the Old Testament right you know, to, into the New Testament. You see it in Joseph, you see it in Moses, you see it in Daniel, you see it even in Jesus. Amen. When, when the angel came to Mary and said, this is the message from the Almighty. You will conceive, you know. Mary was like, how can these things be? She was, she was, she was out of her depth. How can these things be? And the angel said, the Spirit of the Lord will do what? Will come upon you. And the power of the Almighty will what? Overshadow you. And then there will be a seed implanted. The Savior did not appear out of the sky. And Roa, you know, if he had done that, everybody would have fallen on their knees and said, Father, we give our lives to you. But he came by a seed. Hallelujah. And in that process, he got men to partner and cooperate with him. Men played roles, you know, in that process. And it made it, you know, it's also an issue of legitimacy. Am I making sense? It's also an issue of what? The Bible said the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to what? To this... But you are responsible for what happens down here. You are the administrator. 
That was when, when God made the first man. He put him in a garden. And what instruction did he give him? To administrate, to exercise dominion. It is your prerogative. It is your responsibility. Hallelujah. So if we want revival, if we want change, if we want revolution, spiritual revolution, if we want God's intervention, we want to change the course of things, whose prerogative it is, it's you and I, it's our responsibility. And when we make the room, God comes and fills the space. When we put the seed, like Paul said, he said, I planted, Apollo does what? Watered. What does God do? Gives the increase. So if you plant a whole field, Increase is going to come upon that whole field. And if it's just one plant that you, you, put, you plant, that's the measure of your increase. Hallelujah. It is time that Christians step up and begin to take ownership. Begin to take what? Ownership of the world that God has placed us in. Begin to take ownership of your sphere of influence. Begin to take ownership of your family, both nuclear and extended. Begin to take ownership of the purpose and the destiny of God that is hanging over our lives. God wants the spirit of responsibility to arise in us. It is up to us. It is up to us. If a generation misses the visitation of the Lord, it is unto Udo. It is up to them. It's up to them. You know, when Jesus came to Jerusalem, I think it was after he had, um, after he had, um, I think it was when he rode on the horse, on, uh, sorry, on the donkey, and he said, oh, and he was lamenting about Jerusalem. He said, if you had known the time of, of your word, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that killed the prophet. He said, if you had known the time of your visitation. He said, but because now you do not know the time of visitation, your house is left to you, what? Desolate. When we miss God's visitations, what we are receiving is desolation. You know, like we said that if you've refused to plant the seed of God, you are actually doing what? Planting the seed of the enemy. So by not deliberately planting, it's actually planting itself. Because if you clear your ground and you, you know, make heaps and everything and you leave it like that, what's going to happen to it? Weeds will grow on it. Hallelujah. The winds will blow over it and then weeds, you just realize that weeds started growing. You've just made room. For things that you don't want in your life. Hallelujah. And that's the way some of us behave. We allow all kinds of things to grow on our, on our land. And then contention now begins. Battle warfare now begins. A lot of the warfare and contentions are unnecessary. If we only take charge of our hearts. Which consumes the ground. Scripture says that you should guard your heart with all diligence. Out of it does what? The issues of life. There is a way you can condition your children now. Some things will never occur to them as a battle. Hallelujah. The children of Israelites that were born in the wilderness could only hear everything that happened in Egypt was a story to them by virtue of where they were born. (laughs) Amen. They were only hearing about the strength of Pharaoh as a story. Simply because they were born under another climate entirely. Hallelujah. So by the actions and reactions that we have, we condition our climate and some things don't even become an issue. It's like when you travel and you travel to one of these developed countries. Suddenly, it doesn't occur to you to buy fuel for generator. <laughs> you are immediately purged, consecrated. 
without permission. Do you understand? It doesn't even take your palm. By just changing environment, your realities just do what? Just changes immediately. Because some people have paid the price over many, many years to condition their climate for development. Now, other people are benefiting from it. Generations are benefiting. They are reaping what they did not sow. But they live within a system that just raises them up. They don't even know how some of these things work. But because they live within an environment where you can see the fruits of knowledge, you can see the fruits of innovation, it just becomes part of their normal life. They are not even using faith for it. No wonder Nigerians will go to America and say that there's no God again. Why? Because the things you are using faith for has suddenly become irrelevant. Hallelujah. Because you are not supposed to be using faith for those things anyway. You are supposed to use the correct head of government and the people. Praise God. By the things you allow, by the things you partner with God to plant, you are conditioning not just your own climate, but even generations after you. You are setting up a people for God's intervention and for revival. Because of what? You have put the right seeds on the ground. God has to give us that spirit of foresight. You know, so that we are not reactionary in the short term. But we can see her head. You know, and do what? And align with God's purpose. When God called Abraham, you know, and God was talking to him about a son. A point came when the conversation moved beyond that son. And God began to talk to him about a nation. Am I making sense? But it started with what? A son. It started with him believing for that son. And like Romans 4 told us, he actually did believe for it. The action of his faith was what made him not to consider his own body dead. Not the deadness of Sarah's womb, but did what scripture says he hoped against hope, you know, and did what and believed God. And by the reason of that journey of faith, he allowed that seed of God to be planted and to come forth. And today we are seeing the repercussions of it. The interventions and the trainings of God within your personal space has global implications. Am I making sense? It does. It does. Scripture says God does not save by many. Am I right? That's what scripture says. It says God does not save by many. He's just a certain critical mass who are responding to God, who have the insight at, you know, into what God is doing and partner with God and align with God. And then the birth is seed in the earth that goes on to have major influence. David did not know that God was preparing him for the throne when he was following the sheep. And the issues that God is using to train you now, they may look ordinary. You know, and that's one of the things we do. We trivialize them. We say, who am I? Who are? You know, we, we trivialize these things because we don't realize that God is seen far beyond those things. I mean, even today, we will not say we want to raise the next president and then send him to go and be, to be a headsman. Which school will recommend that today? Am I making sense? That was what David, David was a shepherd, like a headsman. He only was, you know, rearing sheep, not cows. But God was using that to train him for the throne. 
No human being can connect that dot. Am I making sense? No human being will connect that dot. That God was using Joseph, a slave in Potiphar's house, was training him to become a prime minister. No human being will connect those dots except God. But God knew, and because he cooperated with God, that training was successful. He was learning wisdom, he was speaking wisdom. He was refusing iniquity and opportunities of iniquity. He was, he, he, was, he, was, he was furnishing his sense of loyalty unto God. So God said, I can use this man. Hallelujah. Amen. What training? Scripture didn't tell us specifically the kind of training that Daniel went through before he got to Babylon. But it must have been very intense for him to withstand in the midst of such people and say, no. As in, he was so deliberate that the issue of food was an issue of destiny for him. That's how insightful he was in the will of God. And he knew that, no, I am a seed of God. I cannot partake of some things. Some things, some strange things cannot come upon my land. And see what God was able to use him to do in that land. Hallelujah. So we've talked about, um, you know, how... The Lord goes through the process of planting seed in our hearts and how it is important for us to prepare our ground so that we can do what? Receive the seed of the Lord. Um, Last week we examined very, very um, deeply the issue that constitutes the heart that is by the wayside, you know, and how to bring about God's intervention to change that scenario because ultimately God wants to turn even the wayside heart, the rocky heart, the heart that signifies, you know, the, 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 that's among tongues and breasts. God wants to turn everything into a fruitful land. Hallelujah. We saw that when we read Isaiah, Isaiah, um, was, was this, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 12, where we said that um, until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the what? The wilderness, that's the unused land, a desolate land. Be do what? Be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field turned into a what? Into a, can you give me that scripture? Yeah, Isaiah 32, 9 to 20. Yeah. Amen. We were saying that what? Don't be at ease. Don't be laid back. You know, um, he was he was challenging the daughters of Zion who have been at ease. Rise up, you women who are at ease. Hear my voice, you complacent daughters. Hear and give. You know, does this describe the heart of the wayside? No commitment, no consecration, anything goes over the land. Anything, anything. False comfort, false convenience, you know, misplaced priorities. The issues of destiny are not apparent. Why? Because the focus is on something else. If the Lord opens our eyes, we will see that some of us are in a state of emergency. Hallelujah. When God was bringing judgment to those churches in, in one of those churches in, in Revelation, He says, "Strengthen the things that what that remain, that are, so that they will not be what removed." He, he was saying that some things have come to a point of what emergency. You need to you need to attend to them urgently now. But if they did not have that judgment, they would think everything is fine. And there was that church that God was saying, this is our Laodicean church, he said that I counsel, he said you think that you are 
you are clothed, you think that you are fine, you think everything, but it's probably that you are naked, wretched, you know. And and what what God was describing was the exact opposite of what they think their reality is. Can you give me that scripture in Revelations? Let me look for it. Hallelujah. It it just shows you know a complete lack of awareness of what the true state of the spirit is. Is it because you say these guys these guys were bold? This is a church. They were bold about it. He said because you say I am rich, I have become what wealthy. They've been at it for a while. Can you see process there? Can you see process there? He said and have have need of what? Can you imagine this mindset? This is a mindset of accomplishment. This is a mindset of red. This is a mindset of I have planted. My ground has brought forth mighty fruits. Remember that 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 rich that that uh, foolish rich man that said the the grounds of a of a foolish man brought about bountiful and said, Ah, oh my soul, take rest. You have done well. If nobody praise you, I will praise you. Praise yourself. You know, blow your own trumpet. He said, Now rejoice and be relaxed. But I was an old fool. Your heart will be what? Was required. Why? Because he had done nothing. His soul was in a state of emergency. He didn't realize that reckoning was coming. And unfortunately for him, the time that he thought he was going to rest and relax was the day of reckoning. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, because you say I'm rich and I'm wealthy, I have not, I have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Look at that. Look at that. No sense of spiritual reality. Everything around them is arranged. They think everything is fine, but there is an alarm in the spirit that is sounding, and they don't know. They are at ease. When they are supposed to be at war. See, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be what? So, God has another definition of riches as far as they were concerned. Am I making sense? But their own judgment of being wealthy is completely at variance with God's own judgment. He said that you may be rich and white governments that you may be what? Clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve. That you may see. So these guys thought they were wealthy. They thought everything is fine. They didn't realize that the shame of their nakedness has been revealed. It was a time of reckoning. They were at ease. But it is possible to believe for God's intervention that does what? That you, and that was the purpose of this judgment. Look at next verse. Is look at God's next verse. Is there as many as I love? So the reason why God was bringing judgment to this church wasn't because He hated them, even though they have been living completely opposite His purposes. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? He said, as many as I love, I do what? I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be what? Zealous and what? Let new passion arise in your heart for repentance. Be zealous and what and repent. Is there any other verse? I think let's see verse 20. Say, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will what? Come into him and dine with him and he with me. And we can see that those people they locked Jesus out of the building. It was another man that was sowing seeds on their land. No wonder they had a false sense of identity. 
they were not seen with God's eyes. They were seen with the enemy's eyes. Amen. Jesus was at the door, knocking, banging, well, not maybe not banging, you know, knocking the door. <laughs> but they were having a feast inside. They think everything is fine. God has to help us. Scripture says, don't be at his. Go back to that Isaiah 32. Don't be at his. Rise up from slumber. Because it is time to believe and work and labor for that divine intervention that turns the wilderness into a what? Into a fruitful thing. Take away complacency. Take away complacency. Give, instru- give ears to God's instruction. Give ears to his training. Let him put the seed of righteousness in our hearts. Hallelujah. So today we're going to look at the second um, heart, you know, the type of heart, which is the what? The rocky heart. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 13. And let's read verse uh, 20. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who does what? Who hears the word. And what? Immediately receives it with what? With joy. Yet he has no root in himself but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he does what? He stumbles. Can you see two contrasts there? First is an initial response that was favorable. Am I right? The Bible says he receives it and welcomes it what? With joy. It seems as though this guy is ready to what? To go all the mile. You know, all the mile. Amen. He said, go back to 20. This is the one who hears the word and once does what? Welcomes it. So there is first of all an acceptance. There is first of all the word, an embracing of the word. This is not the guy at the wayside that says, you know, I don't even understand the word. He doesn't understand what he's doing and then just ignores it. Instead of him to give it more attention. What you don't understand, you ought to give more attention. Am I making sense? What you don't understand, you ought to what? Give more attention to. It's the reason why we say, don't just listen to the word once. Listen to it twice. Listen to it you know, more, more than once. Three times. As much as possible until illumination does what comes. Because you're supposed to give it attention. When scripture says the book of knowledge shall not depart out of the mouth, but you should do what? Meditate daring. What's the purpose of that? For understanding to come. Because understanding is what secures the seed, first of all. Am I making sense? But here, this guy has understanding, receives it with joy, welcomes it, and seems it planted the seed. But what is lacking is continuous commitment, devotion. He doesn't make the word an issue of priority. That's why scripture says, when tribulation and, and what? Persecution arises. If you read another translation, he says, he uses the word pressure instead of um, persecution. When, okay, when, the press, when pressure or what? Persecution comes. Why is the pressure coming? Because of the word. Wherever the word goes, pressure follows. Am I making sense? Wherever the word goes, what happens? There is no growth of the world. There is no prosperity of the world without pressure. This gospel that says to us, everything will be fine, everything will be rosy, is a deliberate attempt to hinder us from ever becoming a fruitful field. 
Because what happens when pressure comes? We abandon the world like this guy does. There is no, there is no understanding to go in depth. There is no mobilization to do what? To break the root, to, to allow the roots to go deep into the ground. There is no sense of devotion that makes the heart tender. Nothing is going deep inside. There is an appearance of godliness, but inside the issues are not dealt with. Hallelujah. The issues are not what? They are not dealt with. There is no attention to it. There's only a veneer. There's only a layer, thin layer that everything is fine. But inside there is chaos. There is rebellion. The world does not have the authority to challenge the lifestyle and challenge the thinking. Stones are formed. It talks about mindsets. That has formed over the heart for a very long time. Issues of tradition. Issues of the way of life. How we view things. They tell you somebody offend you. Forgive the person. They say never. Where I come from we don't forgive. We retaliate. Because if we don't retaliate they will do it again. Mindsets that challenge our variance against the word of God. So when pressure comes to forgive. What happens? They throw away that word of God. And say no. This is how we do things. We treat it this way. When there is a challenge and pressure to stand in faith, they said, no, this is how we do things. Am I making sense? Meanwhile, the purpose of the pressure is to do what? Is to bring strength and resistance. To, ask, to make sure that there is what? There is strength, not infirmity. The pressure will come, but you can glory in tribulation. Like Paul said. He said, I do what? I glory in what? In tribulations. Because he understands that the essence of the pressure is to make something strong. The Bible says if you fail in the day of adversity, what's happening? Your strength is what? Small. Strength is small. Give me John chapter 16 very quickly. John chapter 16, let's verse 18 to 22. So they were saying, what does he mean when he says, a little while, we do not know what he's talking about. Next verse. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, are you wondering among yourselves about what I meant when I said a little while and you will not see me? And again, a little while and you will see me. Next verse. I assure you, I'm Muslim, that you will weep in great mourning. <laughs> he didn't say you may. What did he say? You will weep. But the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful. But what's going to happen? Your sorrow will be what? Turned into joy. Next verse. A woman, now he was explaining the concept or the context of the sorrow. Because this is very important. What he's saying? He said a woman, when she is what? In labor, has pain because her time to give birth has what has come the purpose of the pressure to you and the purpose of the pressure to god is completely different where you are feeling hopeless distrust you are feeling you no know, beaten god is saying the purpose of this is because your time to bring forth has what has come 
the time to break forth into something new, the time to multiply, the time to expand, the time to go to another level, the time of favor has come. That is the purpose of the pain. Am I making sense? You see, it is important for us to see this from God's mindset. Because when the pain comes, the child is what is coming. Look at it. He said, but when she has given birth, if she is able to focus and ignore the pain and brings forth the child, what happens? She no longer remembers the anguish because of her joy that the word a child has come to the world. You see, what we take away with the pain is the emergence of the child. What we take away with the pressure, what we take your attention away from the pressure is to see the birthing of what God is doing. But the reason the enemy shuts, the reason why the enemy attacks and distracts us is because he knows that when the child emerges, the pain fizzles away. The pressure just immediately becomes immaterial because a joy has been born. So what does the enemy do? The enemy attacks that process because he wants to keep us focused on the pain, keeps us distracted from giving birth. Revelation 12. Scripture said there was this woman clothed with the sun, you know, and he was in labor. She was in labor trying to do what? Give birth. And a dragon appeared. What is the intent of the dragon? To intimidate the woman from giving birth. And if peradventure she gives birth, to devour that child, the source of that joy. Hallelujah. But did you notice that the woman did not give attention to the dragon? Hallelujah. What was the woman's attention preoccupied with? The birthing of that child. Scripture says, and she brought forth the child. Because when the child comes forth, the dragon cannot touch it. The Bible said, immediately the child came forth, the child was what? Was taken up to heaven. God takes ownership. You have given God legitimacy to intervene because of what? You've brought out the child. Mary couldn't have brought out, brought, you know, partnered with God and brought Jesus to the earth. And then God now allowed Herod to kill him. It's not possible. Am I making sense? There will be what? An intervention. There will be an intervention. Moses will, I mean, Joseph will have a visitation in the night. There will be a warning. Why? On account of the child, there will be preservation. On account of what you have brought forth. There is a commitment of God over what you have brought forth because of what you've partnered with God. It is the seed of God that has become fruit. Am I making sense this morning? Hallelujah. It's the reason why the enemy fights fruitfulness so much. Because when the fruitful time comes and fruits appear, you are giving God legitimacy for intervention. Suddenly the cards are out of the enemy's hands. Amen. And that's how God wants us to read the enemy and read the earth of the, of the influence of the enemy. When the wilderness suddenly turns into a fruitful field. And when you look at the situation, instead of you to see desolation, you are seeing what? You are seeing beauty and fruitfulness all around. Because you have partnered with the Lord. Hallelujah. Go back to that John 16. He said, but when the child is brought forth, the pain she immediately 
forgets the what? The pain of childbirth. She immediately pressure. So what does the rocky heart need? It needs devotion. It needs to allow God to do a work that will make the seed of God to do what? To break through. To break through. To break through. The seed has to go... You have to be deliberate about it. You have to be what? Deliberate about it. There is contention with those strongholds of the mind. But you are on it. You say, no, the word of God must take root in my heart over this issue. Some of us, what has constituted stronghold that has made our heart so strong is fear. Whenever fear is involved, the issue of obedience to God immediately shuts down. Whenever issue of fear is involved. You rather be afraid and have fear and move according to the dictates of the fear because fear has intelligence. Fear is also a way of life. Am I making sense? You rather move according to the ministrations of fear that have faith to believe God. You are not allowing the word to have roots. Hallelujah. Some of us, it is not listening to counsel. There is nothing they can tell you that as long as your heart is set to do something, except you do it, your mind, your body doesn't come down. You can change. Am I making sense? You have to engage that thing with the word of God because it will short change your destiny. You will go and put your hands in something that is wrong and you will not be able to deliver yourself from it for a while. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, one day, David was walking on the balcony of his palace and an old enemy showed up. It was that thing that makes him like other people's women. <laughs> Amen. He's been doing, he's been doing it. When, when Nebal died, to collect that Abigail, you know, they suddenly think, you know, it started from small, small. Has this fine girl that is baffling like this. Yeah, yeah, go and bring her. And then she learned, he learned that she's uh, somebody else's wife. That thing, may God deliver us. That thing, that thing has intelligence. It will give you options. You want it? Ah, this is how you do it. You do this. It's very simple. Immediately, the guy received inspiration. Call Joab. Send that guy. Put him where? Put him in the hottest part of battle. The first plan, first of all, failed. Say, bring him home. Let him come and sleep with his wife so that whatever has been done between the two can be concealed. That one, his faithfulness will not make him... He didn't even know there was a plan. So the enemy came, ah, plan one failed. Let's move to plan B. This plan B is, is sure banker. It's finer. No, the enemy has spoken to David. David says, yes, 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 yes. That's fantastic. Fantastic plan. Fantastic plan. Joab. And then the, the thing happened exactly as they planned it. And when they gave him the report, he said, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. He must have been looking at him and saying, I'm a smart man. Oh yeah, bring the guy, please, the husband, the husband has died now. Okay, I can legally marry her. But one day, somebody knocked the door and said, David, what have you done? What have you done? Hallelujah. And he opened the door for the enemy to afflict his family. He lost four sons. His sons started misbehaving. 
Sarai misbehaving. Hallelujah. You have to contend for the things that are contending against the word of God in your heart. For some of us, it's even mundane things. Some of us is motherhood. Some of us is job. As in, it doesn't have to be something, do you understand? It's just a pressure point that, you know, gives you so much pressure that you feel, oh, I don't have time for God. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this because of this. It's an attack of the enemy. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Amen. God has to help us. Give me Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. So for yourselves, what? Righteousness. Do what? Reap in mercy. What do you do? Break up your what? For it is time to do what? Till he comes and what? Reigns righteousness. You see, rain is an important factor to breaking the fallow ground. How many of you have seen ground that are so hard? What do you do to that ground? You pour, you allow rain, and then you do what? You t- this is the reason why farmers wait for the first rain, and then they begin to quickly till the ground. Because the rain does what? Waters the ground and makes it what? Tillable, makes it soft. The, 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 the amount of work that is done becomes reduced. Be- why? Because you've allowed rain to fall on the ground. That's how to break up a fallow ground. Let rain. Give attention to the word. Give attention to hearing. The Bible says what? Faith comes by what? By hearing. And we learned in a previous lesson that when scripture was talking about faith as a mustard seed, he was referring to the word a seed to be planted. Am I making sense? Give attention to hearing God's word. Give attention. If you have issues that you're contending with, issues that of strongholds, give attention to the word. Begin to hear the word over that issue. If it's an issue of fear, get scriptures that speaks to fear and let it run through your mind. Become devoted to it. The more you apply the word, the softer the ground will become. The more the roots of the seed will reach what? Deeper. Give attention. Don't just leave it like, don't just say, this is who I am. This is how it has been. In fact, my father was like this. No. Let the word take root in your heart because destiny He's waiting. Destiny is beckoning. If you don't allow the word of God to take root, destiny can be in jeopardy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I making sense this morning? Praise God. It is time to do what? To seek the Lord. Next verse. Till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness and have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the what? The fruit of life. Because you trusted what? In your own ways. Did you get it? When you refuse to cooperate with God, who are you cooperating with? You're cooperating with the enemy. In the multitude of your mighty men, you're cooperating your strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of the things we call strength in our lives sometimes, it is fear. It is rebellion. Have you seen people who are very strongly opinionated? 
They look like they are stronger. But you say, ah, that man is a strong man. He's not a strong man. He's just a rebellious person. See people who cannot take cancer. They say, I'm, an, I'm strongly opinionated. You are not strongly opinionated. You are foolish. You have a heart that lacks or that detests counsel. And you will fall into a trap very soon. Because nobody will be able to call attention to you and say, you are on the wrong path because you won't listen. It's time to break up the fallow ground. It's time to allow God to have a way into our heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes it involves seeking help. It involves having a community around you. Don't be isolated. Don't be, a, don't, don't be an abandoned land that nobody's giving attention to. Don't walk isolatedly. Don't just do your own thing by yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Consistency is what is required. I said here, yeah, consistency is how we break up the fallow ground and break down the rocks into soil. When we keep plowing the, the ground, divine intervention will what? Will happen. When you keep tilling the ground, it will be broken up. When you keep tilling the ground, it will be what? It will be broken up. And when it breaks, you see, if you read that parable, when Jesus was saying the parable, when he was talking about the rocky ground, what he referred to, you know, he said that um, he receives it, the seed falls on, on the rocky ground and has a little root. He said, For when the sun rises, and when he was interpreting it, he said, Persecution and what? And tribulation. Which means that, but we know that the sun has a dual purpose, right? The same sun can. Uh, initiate the prayers of photosynthesis for the plants to do what? To grow. But the reason why that is not the case with this plant is because its root is what? It's little. So the heat of the sun scorches the plant. So pressure and the tribulations and persecutions are necessary things for us to do what? To grow. So the problem is not the persecution and the uh, tribulation. The problem is the ground that has not allowed the seed to take roots. Am I making sense? And that was why God took us to see that the issue of pain, the issue of pressure, is likened to a woman that is about to do what? To give birth. Focus on the child that is about to be born. Don't be running helter-skelter. Am I making sense? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me see whether we can quickly touch the seed, um, the ground that has um, the thorns and briars. Amen. So let's go back to Matthew 13. That's our um, main verse. Yeah, now he who receives, who received seed among thorns, is he who does what? Hears the word. And the cares of this world, and the what? Deceitfulness of riches, do what? Choke the world, and becomes unfruitful. Every of the situations is bad, but this one is also, is also bad. Because at least there has been a measure of progress. As far as this one is concerned. You know, in the first ground, there was no progress at all. As soon as the seed fell on the ground, the enemy came to pick it up. 
The other one, the rocky ground, there is a little bit of progress. He receives it with joy. He gives attention to it, but only for a while. He doesn't allow it to what to have root. But this one, he receives it with joy. He plants. It's growing. The problem is other things are also what growing. The problem is not with the roots. The problem is what other things are contending for space in that ground. And because of that, the world is not giving the allowance that it ought to have. It's not receiving the nutrients that it ought to have. The attention that it, that it needs is not gotten. So the seed does what withers and what and dies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Other things are competing for the nutrients. Thorns and briars. You know, and how does thorns and briars come upon? Who plants thorns and briars? Nobody plants them. What brings them to the land? Winds. Somebody say winds. Somebody say winds. Does the scripture come to mind? The wind of doctrine. Winds of doctrine. And doctrine doesn't necessarily mean spiritual doctrine. Culture is a doctrine. Religion is a doctrine. Hallelujah. Commerce has a doctrine. Have you read 48 Laws of Power? You know that. <laughs> there is a doctrine in the world, in the marketplace. Those things contending for the seeds. Sir? Life self has said, this is how we do it. This is how you ought to do it. Doctrines. Tons. The only intention is to choke the world. Why? Because the world is the only thing that challenges their existence. Either the word, the seed of the word is taking the nutrient or tons and briars are taking the nutrients. You cannot serve two masters. Hallelujah. Scripture says you will either what? Love one. And what? Hate the other. Or you will love that other and they won't hate the other one. He said you cannot serve God and what? Mammon. Your heart cannot be the ground for both the seed of the word and then tons of... No, one will eventually give way. See, I can manage it. No, you cannot manage it. The purpose of compromise is not confederacy. Am I making sense? The purpose of compromise is not let's stay in the middle. The intent of compromise is to attack and kill the seed of the world. Kill your commitment to God. There is no middle ground for iniquity. There is no middle ground as far as the enemy is concerned. The enemy is not planning that your, the word of God will have it. So this is the space for the word of God. So this is the place. No, 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 no. The enemy is even contending for the time you are spending in church. How many of you sometimes struggle with your thoughts flying healthier health, and scatter during service? Say, we love you, love. The enemy just bring your pots. The soup that you just feel. <laughs> you think he will leave you alone? No. The enemy is not waiting for you at the door. Okay, let's finish service. No. You are the one that would cast him out. And the useless thoughts. And you are not only casting him out so that you can welcome him after church. You are constantly casting him out. Thoughts. Mindsets. Hallelujah. Bible said the weapon of our welfare are not canal. Give me 2 Corinthians 10.
Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not what? Canon, but mighty in God. For what? Pulling down strongholds. Next verse. Casting down arguments and every item that does what? Exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So you are either yielded to the obedience of Christ and using the strength of that obedience to bring thoughts into captivity or you are allowing the thoughts and the mindset to get a hold of your, of your heart thereby disobeying Christ. Am I making sense this morning? Hallelujah. The purpose of the thorns and briars is to choke the word. It's to choke the word. It's to that thing you have started. You suddenly you find yourself, I've started praying 15 minutes every day before I used to do 5 minutes. Now, I've started praying 15 minutes Oh, fantastic, oh, fantastic. Oh, suddenly, something happens. And there's that time. That time, is there is a contention over that time. Maybe it's something that happens about work. And you now have to begin to work early. There is a contention for that time. There's suddenly a contention for that commitment that you said you will have for God. There's suddenly a contention for that thing that is of God that you want to do. Why? Because it knows that that seed, if it is allowed to grow, it will take over the land. And there will be no space for thorns and briars. So there is contention. Thoughts are barraging your mind. Thoughts are bar- Have you seen when somebody hurts you? How thoughts constantly, you are constantly replaying the thing. Two days, one week, some of us, one year, when we still remember the anger, we still come. Choking the heart out of forgiveness, out of reconciliation. Choking the heart, sowing the seeds of hatred and anger. And then the thing, when anger has matured, you pass it on. Say, so don't, I don't want you to have anything to do. Your children, I don't want you to have anything to do with our neighbors. Please. Don't even, the poor child don't know why. Say, so don't play with the children. They are bad people. Is this not how all these mindsets came about today? Say, so in our own village, we don't marry. That's how it came. Thoughts that became strongholds. That became culture. And that sowed the seeds of hatred among cultures and among tribes. Suddenly, somebody is your enemy. You don't even know the person from Adam. So can't you see how that guy is looking at me? The guy is not even seeing you. Say, but he's looking at me somehow. He's looking at me somehow. In your mind, your thoughts have come. You, you, they've built castle. They've given it, you know, highway. There's everything. The plane is landing. Everything is there. Tons. Insecurity. Paranoia. Thorns. Things that choke the world and do not allow it to have roots. God has to help us to contend for these things. Hallelujah. God has to help us to do what? To contend. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Give me Isaiah 55. Let me see. Isaiah 55, then, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but does what? What are they at? And make it bring what? Fruit and bud. That it may do what? Give seed to the sower and what? And bread to the eater. What does the word? Next verse. So shall my word that does what? That goes for out of my. It shall not what? Return to me in void. But it shall what? 
accomplish what I want, that it and it shall do what? Prosper in the things that what? Give me the next verse. For you shall go out with joy and be led with what? The mountains and the hills shall do what? Break forth into singing before you. And all the trees shall do what? Clap their hands. Next verse. Instead of the thorn shall come the what? The cypress tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the what? The metal tree. And it shall be to the Lord for reward. A name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of us are believing for verse 13? But how did verse 13 come about? Look at verse 11 and 12 again. So God is saying that when he sends the word, the intent of the word is to bring forth fruitfulness. Am I making sense? The reason why God is preaching to you today is because he is delivering seeds into your heart that is able to bring forth fruits. Do you understand? And the fact that you are hearing it means that you can bring forth fruits. Amen. You know, for a long time, I used to wonder, is the sower reckless or foolish that you will go and sow on the wayside? It's not wayside that they put seed now. Why are you putting seed on the rock? Why are you even putting among tongues? Do you understand? You... But the, the issue is not the seed or the sower. Even that wayside ground has potential. Am I making sense? That way, if only the right measures are put in place, the wilderness will become a what? A fruitful tree. So when God sends the word, at the time of God sending the word, the, the word has everything it takes to bring forth fruit in your situation. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is not a general word. It is the word for you. To bring forth fruit in your life. And make it bring forth fruit. And that it may give what? Seed to the what? To the sower and bread to the eater. Next verse. So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me what? The word, dust, and voidness are not the same. They are not in the same category. The word has power to deliver deliverance, to deliver justice, to deliver fruitfulness. But it has accomplished what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Next verse. For you shall go forth out with what? These are people who are responding to what? To the word. These are people who are birthing the word. Remember what we read in John 16, that when the woman brings forth a child, the joy of it makes her forget the word, the pain. He said, for you shall go forth with joy and be what? Let out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall do what? Breaks forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall do what? These are people who have cooperated with the word of the Lord. And for the purpose of that cooperation, fruitfulness has come. Joy has come. Peace has come. Hallelujah. 
some of the some of you the peace you are looking for is in your fruitfulness it's in your fruitfulness because very very many many times god has been telling you i'm with you i'm with you i'm with you yet he's not bringing peace to you <laughs> god will tell you i'm with you yesterday you will be okay for a while by today another challenge come everything has scattered what has happened to you is because you are not bringing forth fruit yet you need to allow the word of god to sink inside and have roots and when it has roots it becomes a mighty tree just like when you plant the seed of faith it becomes a what a mighty tree and no matter the wind that blows you don't need to hear i am with you i am with you again it has become your reality it has become what your reality Said he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Say, I will say out of conviction, I will say of the Lord, You are my what? My fortress and my refuge. That is somebody who has allowed the tree to grow. My God, in whom I will what? He says, Surely he shall what? That is the spirit of faith speaking. That is the fruit of faith speaking. Because cooperation has happened. Surely. You are not running helter skelter looking for the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is in your belly already. Solidified. Solidified. So surely he shall deliver me. No, that was what the, 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 the three Hebrew children had. He said, oh king. He said, we don't consider. I'm sorry, Saul. I'm sorry, Saul. This thing that you are saying, sir, it doesn't make sense to us. I'm sorry, sir. With all due respect, sir. We can't just see, we can't even see the threats. Do you understand? You can't, you can't see the threat that is, that is how people were seeing, they were seeing flames of fire. They can't even see it. The internal environment is stronger than the one outside. Some things have no place on the ground anymore. They've planted trees have grown everywhere. Have you seen cocoa fields before? You see that it's very difficult to plant other plants in cocoa fields. Because the cocoa trees have grown so tall, they've blocked the sunlight. Any tree you plant, we just we die away. That's how the heart of some people. That's the forest life. That's when the fruitful field becomes a what? A forest. Suddenly, giant initiative and convictions have grown. No seed can prosper, no other, no strange seed can prosper there again. Generational structure has been built. This fruit, their children, 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 children will reap from the fruit. Have you seen people have cocoa business? It's a much more generational business. Hallelujah. Some people have paid the price. Now, everywhere is forests. Everywhere is forest. No space for the enemy. Scripture says, give no place to the devil. Give no chance. Give no space to the enemy. Don't let him mess up your mind. Don't allow thorns and briars. Don't allow the winds of doctrine. So the mountains and hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all trees of the field shall do what? Shall clap their hands. Instead, as because this has happened, instead of the thorn, what would have happened? Why would thorn have come if there had been no response to the word of God? What would you have? So God is saying, instead of you to have thorn, 
because you have responded to God, now you have the word, the cypress. And instead of you to have the briar, now you have what? You have the magic tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for a temporary sign, for a what? For a, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. What God is doing with us and in us is everlasting. It's everlasting. So the earlier we engage that process, the better. The earlier we give attention to it, the what? The better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I checked the Greek of this, you know, cypress tree. And it means nobility and what? And stateliness. It means consistency. It means stability. Stability. Strength. Stable. Consistency. It's time to drive God's initiative to the point of consistency. It's time to jettison lukewarmness. Jesus said that. He said, because you are neither cold nor what? Do you know how not to be cold or not? You are cold today. You are tomorrow. You are cold today. So by then the sum total, you know what? By then the fine average of your life equals to lukewarm. It is time to be deliberate about consistency. God will prefer you are rather consistent if it's just 30 minutes prayer every day and you give it full attention. You are allowing the seed to go inside rather than do three hours once in three months. That's what some of us, some of us what we hit us. I was say, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Today, today, me and the, you go home and do five hours. The next six months, nothing happens. It's like bringing a bulldozer to clear a field, and after that, you did nothing. What's going to happen? It's going to go back to how it used to be, or probably even worse. It's time to engage God for consistency. The word must have room and must fill the ground. The issues of the world must not be issues of complacency anymore. We must deliberately allow the seed of the world to occupy the compartments of our heart. Wherever wrong thoughts have been dwelling, begin to put the seed there. Whatever pain has been dwelling, begin to put the seed of forgiveness and grace there. Whatever laziness has been, begin to put the seed of strength. Say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And begin to engage the word. And begin to contend with laziness. Scripture says, earnestly contend what? For the faith. Contention. Your, my ground will not be overcome by thorns and briars. My ground will not be overcome. I will not be overcome by winds of doctrine. I will not be overcome. Begin to engage it. Begin to engage it. Begin to engage it. Stand at the gates of your soul and engage the enemy. And say, I mark this territory for Jesus. Contend for the issues of your life at your gate. Don't leave your gates open. Don't leave your gates open. Hallelujah. There was a scripture that talks about a city that is breached. 
and that is easily breached. It's a city that is without walls. Don't, don't, don't build a city that is without walls. Don't have a lifestyle that does not have an embankment of God around you. There is no boundary of God around you. Strangers come into your land and dump mindsets upon you anyhow. You will open TV, they will dump no wrong mindsets. You go to work, they will say nonsense. I was telling my wife, I had a very strange experience this last week. <laughs> there was an agent of Satan. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> well, he doesn't know it's an agent of Satan, but the way I saw it, eh, it, was, it was like Satan sent his agent. I have a colleague at work who, very jovial, happy guy. I like him. I, to be honest, I really like him. So recently, just saw my DP and saw my wife's picture on my DP. I was like, ah, what's your wife's picture doing on your DP? I said, what's my wife's picture not doing on my DP? <laughs> he said, no, no, you see you. I said, I don't, you know, when somebody is trying to talk to you, this way Buzai is looking at me, you are not make acid. You don't even know where the thought is starting from or what to say. What, because you don't, you can't relate to what the person is saying. I said, Oga, can you break down what you are trying to say? Say, ah, now you don't do that kind of thing. You know, you will chase away girls, the fine, fine girls, the soft. The soft. I say, who is this? <laughs> Where did this, how did this one enter my gates? That was the way I saw it. It was an attack. What? And the guy went on, I was like, no, 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 no. I said, what are you saying? Are you saying I should cheating on my wife? He said, you're an African. I said, I'm not an African man. He said, no, no, no. He said, ah, you are somebody fine like you. You, are, you should be a man of soft. Girls, this is what it's called. So, you should be a man of soft. You come around there. I said, so what's wrong with you, guy? But you're a married man. Now you have children. Can your wife hear what you are saying? He said, ah, forget that thing, forget that thing, forget that thing. My wife knows. In fact, before we married, I already told her, I'm a proper African man. I need to test my strength. I said, if you want to test your strength, go and climb palm tree. What's wrong with you? If I went, I, I said, oh God, you know I'm busy. Can you, can you get off my... But I was like, God, if I had to repent after, I was like, God, I'm sorry for being ashamed of the gospel. How can a man be evangelizing fornication and adultery boldly like this? Boldly. The guy was, was on my phone as a... I'm sure probably some of my colleagues would even hear... Because I was on speaker and the guy was, no, no, no. I said, if I, next time, I promise you, next time you and I travel, I will arrange for you. I will test it. I will test that thing. I said, like, <laughs> Hallelujah. The enemy has been, you know, when the enemy decides that today, today, I will come boldly, and you must, you must respond to the enemy. You don't go and sit down and be saying, oh, no, 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 no. I say, oh God, I'm a Christian. I don't do such things. He said, I will test you. You can't test me. He said, look at the lady on the, look at the lady on my DP now. Is that one somebody you should cheat on? You know fear? Hallelujah. Don't allow any nonsense to come through your gates. Somebody will tell you, you can't even say that you're a Christian. Say, no, I don't do such things. Oh, damn, man. No, it's not like that. No. The enemy is marketing 
vanity boldly, unashamedly. You have to be deliberate about things that enter your heart. You have to be deliberate about things that enter the heart of your children. They are packaging nonsense now inside cartoon. That was how strategic the enemy is. He wants to have the heart. The whole essence of the deliberateness and the subtlety of the enemy is to have access to the heart. And if you are without understanding, scripture says that the man that walks into the house of the harlot is the man what? Devoid of understanding. He doesn't know that right there is the gate of hell. Don't put on TV and introduce gate of hell to your children. Don't stay in the way of the sinner. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Hallelujah. We experience all that many times. I remember the first time I joined this my organization and the first time I traveled and I saw some of my colleagues forging receipts. Said, this is how we do it all. And they would give a legitimate reason. I said, no. I'm not going to do something like this. We fought that day. I said, no. You know what we are going to do? We are going to separate our expenses. Give me my own expenses. That was a, was a, um, a week-long trip. You know what this guy did? But that was the fourth month. They were making other arrangements I didn't know. Me. In fact, we didn't sleep in the same hotel because the hotel, they've made arrangements. They've gave them, all of them stayed in one room. So they forged receipts for all of them. This guy was supposed to take transport to another town and all that. And I didn't know how they arranged the, you know, the transportation and all that. By the fourth day, I just saw money in my account. So I called him. I said, ah, I saw this amount of money in my account. And I don't know what it is. He said, yeah, that was some of the money that we saved. You know, we, we made some arrangements and we saved the money. And the money was huge. So we decided to share it amongst ourselves. I said, but we're supposed to return this money. Any unspent money. You know, you know, you should, you know, you know, you know he said, no, I don't do that kind of thing. I said, I'll, you will do it too. Sorry, me, I'll return this one. He said, okay, me, me, I will send the money back. Okay, so I sent the money back to him. I know that. And when I was given an account of my own expenses, I gave my full account of my own expenses. And I told my manager, I said, this is what's going on here. It's my responsibility to expose darkness. It's my business. This is what's going on here. We have to find an end to it. I will not let iniquity having a free and say it's not mine. No, 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 no. It's not where I am. It's not where I am. Nonsense. I will not allow things to grow on my field. I will not allow things to grow in my space. Bible said that Lot was vexed every day with the unrighteousness of Sodom because there was no strength to contend. Sodom was eating up his children, eating up his wife, sowing the seeds of compromise and complacency for years in their hearts. He barely escaped. He barely escaped because his righteous soul. And I reckon that if he had stayed a little bit longer, maybe perhaps. The enemy would not have been able to get him completely. Maybe he would have died still believing God. But his, his children were already gone. Because the men that were scheduled to marry the children, 
did not even have anything to do with the God of Israel. That's why they didn't believe when they said, God is going to destroy this place, let's go out. Those men said, destroy who? Which God? You still follow that nonsense. The enemy has set in motion what will be his end. By living in a strange land and having no strength to contend. Be careful the land that you go, folks. Be careful the environment that you're living in. You have to be militant. You have to be deliberate about the influence around you. Don't let thorns and briars fill your land. It will take over everything. It will touch everything God has given you and it will pervert it. Don't let anything strive, contend for the faith. Contend for your heart. Contend for the heart of your children. Don't give up. Don't give up. And if you have things that you feel that they ha- this enemy seems to have taken over, don't give up. The fact that you are hearing this word now means that change can happen. You have areas in your life you feel it, things have even become a stronghold. What did you read in 2 Corinthians 10? The word of God is able to do what? Tear down strongholds and every high thing that has what? That has exalted. Some of us, we have allowed some high things to exalt themselves. But God can tear them down. God can weed out the thorns and the briars and allows the seed of God to prosper and allow you to become a fruitful field. And if you've been a fruitful field, it allows you to become a forest. Content. 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 Everywhere Abraham went, he had the mindset of territorials. He had that territorial mindset. He had that territorial mindset. And there was a fear of the Lord upon him. There was a confidence that he had. That was why he could take up servants in his house and defeat five kings. That's a territorial person. It was that territorial mindset he was used to negotiate for, for Sodom. God, if you find ten people there. That is somebody who cares for a nation. If you have 15 people, what about 20? What about 10? Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Because he know he was thinking that if the righteous is in the land, territorial righteous people will contend for that land and eventually overthrow it for the Lord. Unfortunately, it was Lot. Lot cannot contend for anything. Lot cannot even contend for his own destiny. Such a weak man. He cannot even protect his own seed from destruction. All he cared about is physical increase. That was why he chose Sodom in the first place. The land with me cannot so that cattle can be everywhere. Such a foolish man. And that's what the enemy wants us to do today. Be concerned about food, raiment, money in the bank, everything here, but the issues of destiny have been violated. Children violated. Family in disarray, but there's money. It's a wrong mindset. If it means putting hold on some things, put and hold to it, this one is a matter of destiny. What would Lot have lost if he had stayed with Abraham? Do you know he wouldn't have lost anything? 
Do you know he would have still prospered under Abraham? Do you know that? Abraham was not even ready to contend with the land with him. Am I making sense? What nothing is pushing you away from the place God planted you is the lust of your heart. It's the lust of your heart. It's the pride of life. There are seeds also. It's the thing that is making you refuse counsel. You think suddenly everybody is against you. No. It's the lust. The Bible said that when lust is conceived, it brings forth what? Sin. And when sin is full, it brings forth death. Say when people are tempted, they are led by the lust of their heart. Contend for your heart. Contend for your destiny. Let the world have seed. Let the world have room. Let the world have room. This morning, I want us to come before the Lord and say, God, God, I receive strength. I don't want to be a weak man, constantly vexed by iniquity, beating blue and black, hopeless, depressed, frustrated. No, I am a warrior. I was born for such a time like this. I will be a fruitful field and this fruitful field will be a forest. Oh, let's stand to our feet this morning and just, and just contend. Suviarto balabasata. Peridofia dalababababo sheketedabala patora de the body seketo. Dimala, dimala proson telelaba cow do via sosofrekedeba. Jeketelelebo sitaba. Empaparabalaba shetedeba. Reke popola pata nira barasida balabalabalaba. A protona nida biabarabashata. Leketo balababarabashata.